0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to True Crime Cases. I'm your host, Allison Mendes, and today I wanted to tell you all about a case that is very recent. It's ongoing right now. It's one that I've been watching um, really closely, and originally I was kind of waiting for a break in the case or for some more information, but that just hasn't happened recently, so I figured. I would cover it in the hopes that it would maybe spread the word and, most importantly, keep this case on everyone's mind until the family can get some answers and the two little boys can get some justice. This is the case of Orin and Orson West. Now, today's episode might not be a super long one. I usually like to look for a case that has enough information available so that it'll be a little bit longer for you guys, but that's just not always possible. And with a case that is fairly recent and is still active, it's especially not possible because law enforcement obviously holds back some information from the public To protect the integrity of a case, which just makes it a little bit more difficult to get information. And then also the fact that it's an open case, it being unsolved that takes away an entire part of the episode that I normally would be able to tell you guys. And I can't because it's unsolved. That being said active cases are something that I'm particularly passionate about. um, And I think it's kind of what the true crime community is all about at the end of the day. So I believe it's really important to tell these stories, um, even though they don't have the satisfaction of being solved at the end. I think it's so important that every victim gets justice, and it's so important that every victim hopefully can get their story told. So. With that being said, let's just jump right in. Now, Oren and Orson West were actually born sincere and classic Pettis to their biological mother, Ryan Dean in Bakersfield, California. Now, in the beginning of 2018, Ryan said that she noticed that Oren was crying and his cry wasn't normal. As moms, you, you might know what she's talking about, where you can tell that your baby's cry isn't exactly normal what you're used to and you get a little worried so she said that day as soon as she got home from work she took him to the hospital now upon examination the doctors found that little baby Orson had a broken and twisted femur and although Ryan said she had no idea how this injury happened um, child protective services removed both of the boys from Ryan's custody and the last time she saw the boys was at the end of 2018. That same year, Trazell West, 34 years old, and Jacqueline West, 31 years old, became foster parents to the two boys. And in 2018, Orin, born August 4th, 2016, and his younger brother Orson who was born June 11th of 2017, were officially adopted by Trizelle and Jacqueline. And at this point, that's when their names were legally changed. Uh, Trizelle and Jacqueline also had um, four other children, two of which were also adopted and two of which were biological. So... I've seen a lot of information that says that this adoption was extremely fast-tracked. I'm going to be honest, I'm not very familiar with the adoption process, so I can't really say. Um, I don't know if the fact that they had previously already adopted two children maybe makes the process quicker, you know, the next time around since maybe you've been vetted. I really... have no idea how that process works, Um, but I know a lot of people were surprised by how quickly they went from being foster parents to the boys to having officially adopted them. Now, four days before Christmas, on December 21st of 2020, four-year-old Orton and three-year-old Orson were playing outside on the back patio of the family home with chalk. At this time, Jacqueline was wrapping Christmas gifts and Trezell was gathering firewood. He said he wanted to build a fire in the family home. Now, the four other children were staying with their grandmother, and so they were not in the home at this time. Jacqueline and Trezell said that Orin and Orson did not sleep over at their grandma's house because the um, they were the youngest of the siblings. Um, some people think this is a very odd explanation. I really don't. My parents brother-in-law has six little girls and when they visit with their grandparents, it's never all of them at the same time. That's just a lot of kids. And especially when you get down to those really young ages, they're more difficult to look after, especially if you have six of them at once. And younger children tend to not do as well away from their parents, even for just one night. They tend to get a little bit more homesick and then top that off with the fact that they really haven't been with this family for very long. It's been maybe a year and this just doesn't seem um, super odd to me. Um, That's just my personal opinion. So yeah, I do find it odd and so did a lot of people that they would be playing outside in December when it's so cold. Um, For anyone not super familiar with this area, California city is in central California and it is not like Southern California. The temperatures there get much lower in the winter and I even Googled it. You can expect highs of 57 degrees and lows of 40 degrees Fahrenheit in the month of December. So For three and four-year-olds to be out playing at 4.30 in the middle of winter when it's going to be dark in 30 minutes, that's just a little bit odd to me, but you know, I wasn't there. I don't know the situation. So around 4.30 PM, Trezell said that he decided to build a fire in the fireplace. So he began to go outside and gather firewood around the family's home. Now he went inside for a short period of time, and when he came back outside, he said the boys were nowhere to be found. And when he realized that he had left the side gate to the backyard open, he said that's when he really started to panic. And he immediately jumped in his vehicle and drove around the neighborhood searching for the two boys and talking to any of the neighbors who were outside, asking them if anyone had seen the, seen the boys or put eyes on them at all. And this story was backed up with camera footage from a neighbor, which showed Trizelle jumping in the family's white van at about 4:32 p.m., I believe. Now, Orin and Orson were reported missing at 6 p.m. that night, a little over an hour after they went, they were last seen. Around 8 p.m., the California City Police Department released a description of the boys with pictures. Um, of both of them being released within a few hours of the description itself. Police and volunteers conducted a search that night, um, but the West's did not participate in that search, which a lot of people thought was very odd. Um, later, a few days later, they give an interview and they said they were told by the police to stay in the home in case information about the boys was found or in case the boys came back. And they were told that quote, the best is out there searching for them. And so they said they felt comfortable remaining in the home, trusting that the best was out there searching for their boys, I guess. Um, A few days later, the police got a search warrant for the West home and they brought in a canine unit. Um, The dogs did pick up the scent of the boys inside the home itself, but apparently the dogs did not pick up the boys' scent outside of the home at all, um, or leaving the home. So just inside the home specifically, when the neighbors were questioned, um, police could not find anyone who had actually seen Oren or Orson at all. So the West family had just moved from Bakersfield, California to California city, California, a few months prior in September of 2020. Now these towns are really still relatively really close to each other. They're about 68 miles apart, which is roughly a one hour and 10 minute drive. But this is really where speculation kind of started to rise as to whether or not the two boys had even left Bakersfield and made it to the California city home at all. On December 23rd, the West home was searched again and this time, law enforcement dug up the backyard. Um, This was also the same day that Truzell and Jacqueline finally spoke out to the public for the first time. I will post um, a link to the full video that they gave uh, in the show notes. It's about 10 minutes long, I believe. So I'm not going to play it here. But um, I think it's much more interesting to see it with your own eyes so you can see them. Um When I was researching this case, there was a lot of speculation surrounding foul play and the two adoptive parents. I wanna stress that this is all purely speculation and as of right now, they have not been named as suspects or people of interest by law enforcement and police have stated that the two have been cooperative with law enforcement. As far as the facts are concerned at this point, these two are victims of whatever happened to their children. So I want to make that clear, that there's no evidence that suggests that they've done anything and law enforcement has not come out and said that they have. Now, that being said, I um, obviously watched a lot of videos covering this case, and one of them is the behavior panel on YouTube, um, who I really love. They do a really good job at remaining as a third party and not having any sort of bias on Anyone's guilt, they just kind of state what they see because they're body language experts. So I will post a video or a link to that video covering Orrin and Orson West parents in the show notes as well, so you guys can see that if you find that interesting. Um, so the backyard search turned up nothing, and at this point in the investigation, the FBI and the Bakersfield Police Department join in to help. Um, Trezell and Jacqueline have been questioned multiple times by law enforcement. Multiple bags of evidence were taken from the home throughout several searches conducted at the home. And among that evidence taken was computers and cell phones, any electronics I heard, as well as the family's white van. On December 29th, the California City Police Chief John Walker updated the public on what was going on with the case. He made it clear that nothing had been found in the backyard when it was dug up. Um, He did say that police did suspect foul play in the boys' disappearance. He said he made it very clear that they had searched the home top to bottom um, and that if the boys were in that home, they would have found them. And he, he was very, very confident that the boys were not in the home. It was not a possibility at this point. Now, Around this time, the Wests actually left their California City home and reportedly returned to Bakersfield. And this was due to threats from the public. Um, a lot of people were sending threats to the family, and there had been some trespassing on the property as well. A little bit of damage had been done to the home. Um, so there was to me, i would I would also leave. I would not I would not stay there if people were trespassing on my property. And someone had thrown like a walk, a rock through their window and everything. So I, I wouldn't feel safe and I wouldn't remain there. Um, at this time, Walker also confirmed that the remaining West children had been placed into foster care for the time being and would remain there until a court case was settled. According to Perla Shaheen reporting for KGET 17 News, The children would be returned to the Wests if they completed um, whatever the court had asked of them. So they didn't elaborate on what exactly was asked of them by the court, but that they did have the possibility of regaining custody to their children. Now, extended family members from the adoptive family put up a $30,000 reward for anyone with information leading to the boys several businesses and individuals as well around in the area put up their own money, um, which now adds up to $122,000 for information on the boys and the biological family for the boys, um, has been very vocal as well about the case. I'm not personally going to cover anything that the biological family is saying, um, mostly because none of it is corroborated with facts. I do understand where they're coming from and their frustration. Um, I just think it would be irresponsible for me to put it here, but you can definitely find it if you search for it yourself. And I do want to say Ryan Dean, the boy's biological mother, had been involved in several searches for the boys herself. And several billboards had been put up um, by locals in the area, putting up their own money, as well as the biological family. Um, And I believe. Maybe some of the adoptive family, extended family members had put up a billboard in the area asking for information on Orin and Orson. On January 25th of 2021, a candlelight vigil was held by the public outside of the West Home in California City for Orin and Orson. And at the end of January, the police gave an update Um, that was unfortunately nothing new. They were pretty much just stating that they had very few leads to to follow up on the case. Um, Now, that doesn't mean that they're not actively investigating current leads. They're not going to be at liberty to share all of that information with us. So while they said they had very few new leads, they could very well be investigating some leads that they had had since the beginning of the case. And on February 1st, police and the FBI returned to the California City home, this time with ground penetrating equipment. Um, I'm assuming to check to see if anything was buried underneath the home. Um, But again, the search came up empty. Now, on March 1st, the Bakersfield Police Department announced that they would be taking over as the lead investigating agency on the disappearance, and to me, this is very telling. To me, this really starts leaning towards the fact that the boys maybe never left California or never left Bakersfield, and they never arrived in California City in the first place. Um, That's just my opinion, but for Bakersfield to be taking over, which is to remind you, not the city they were reported missing in, um, that that gives me a pretty good idea of what they think happened. They did say that the FBI and the California City Police Department would remain active in the case um, and continue to assist. On March 15th, the Bakersfield Police Department c- confirmed that it had actually served um, the adoptive grandmother of Orton Orson with a search warrant for her home in Bakersfield, California. Now, as a reminder, this is where the other four West children had been staying, supposedly on the day that Orrin and Orson went missing. So I think that's really um, interesting. They remained really tight-lipped about the warrant specifically, and they gave a statement to 17 News saying. Quote, limited information is being provided to protect the integrity of the investigation and ultimately safeguard any facts from being tainted. The public is strongly discouraged from making assumptions of guilt and dissemination of rumor and speculation, end quote. So basically saying, yes, we are serving the adoptive family with a search warrant. No, it doesn't particularly mean that they are, you know, under investigation for anything. Now, since then, the investigation has remained pretty quiet with little to no information being released. Um, I regularly check up on this case and will give updates in further or in future episodes if something comes out about this case. I know I covered uh, Susan Morphew as well. Um, for my first episode, I'm still waiting for an update on that case. The judge ruled that the search warrant, um, or the arrest warrant for Barry was to remain sealed until I believe it was September. So until information on that comes out, I don't have an update about that one either. Um, but I will stay current with these and give you guys updates. The Bakersfield police department is asking for anyone who had contact with Orin and or Orson West within the past year regardless of the context, um, to contact them via secret witness at 661-322-4040. Anyone with information regarding the whereabouts, circumstances, or history of the boys is encouraged to contact law enforcement at the same number, which is again, 661-322-4040. Or you can reach out to the California City Police Department at 760 three, seven, three, eight, six, zero, six. And the reward for information leading to the boys is now at $123,000. Now I will be posting pictures regarding this case on our Instagram, which is at true crime cases pod, including a map showing the family home. And you can see very clearly on there where Trezell was um, gathering firewood in relation to where the boys were playing with chalk The security footage from the neighbor's camera and the media interview with Trizel and Jacqueline will be linked in the episode notes. Um, The surveillance footage is particularly interesting. It was covered by um, a channel called It's a Crime on YouTube, who I am obsessed with. She has so much information. She stays very current on very active cases. I highly, highly suggest that you check her out. She does such a good job with her investigation, and she actually has a lot of the surveillance footage as well as photos of the home, inside the home, everything. So I'm going to link that below as well. Um, I highly suggest checking that out. It's very, very interesting. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. You can find this podcast on Instagram at True Crime Cases Pod, on Facebook at True Crime Cases Podcast, and on Twitter at Pod. If you find this podcast interesting, please leave me a review and hit subscribe. Every single review helps so much with other people finding this podcast and kind of getting it up there in the numbers. Um, All of my sources for this episode can be found in the episode notes. Um, A special thank you to Perla Shaheen for KJET 17 News and Christina Alaperti for their research on this case, as well as It's a Crime on YouTube, which I, like I said before, I will link below. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in and I will be back next Tuesday with a brand new case.